with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Today, it's a special episode for the coffee lovers as we take a look at the art, the culture, and the history of the birthplace of the world's favorite drink with a special exhibition that is taking place right now at Sharjah Heritage Museum. I sat down with the coffee master who curated the exhibition, Khalid Al Mullah. He is also the founder of the Coffee Museum and the national coordinator of the UAE chapter of the Specialty Coffee Association, as he takes me through it and talks the origins of Gahua in the Middle East, the special place it holds here in the UAE, and taking Arabic coffee to the world and so much more. That's all coming up here next on Life Beats on Pulse95. Pulse95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Many people can't start the day without having a freshly brewed cup of coffee, and I'm definitely one of them. But have you ever stopped to think about where your favorite beverage comes from? In fact, its origins can be traced right back to our very own backyard, to a port in Yemen called Mocha, where coffee beans were shipped in from Ethiopia as early as the 12th century. There, they were roasted, ground and made into a drink for the first time by Sufi Muslims who drank endless cups in order to stay awake during their rituals. The drink began to spread far and wide, reaching Europe a century later, but not before facing opposition from the Pope, who banned it because it was considered a Muslim drink. Now becoming the world's second largest traded commodity after crude oil, the UAE is leading the way when it comes to educating the world about the art, culture and heritage of coffee. Sharjah Heritage Museum opened their coffee exhibition specifically for this purpose this year on International Coffee Day, and it will be running until the end of December. Khalid Mullah is the founder of the Coffee Museum and national coordinator of the UAE chapter of the Specialty Coffee Association, as well as being the curator of this exhibition. I met with him at Sharjah Heritage Museum where he took me through the journey and ceremony behind the beverage that is so much more than just a drink. Khaled Mullah, it is uh, so great to have you on Life Beats uh, and joining you here at the Sharjah Heritage Museum for this incredible exhibition. It is so beautiful. But I want to ask you about you because um, you have such a, an amazing background when it comes to coffee. Where did that passion for coffee for you come from? Where did that start? Well, it started from baby steps. You know, in this industry, the thing is about this industry, the moment you put your foot inside, there's no way back. Okay, so it's, you have to move on and get closer. And the beauty, the part, big passion about it, that number one, of course, is deeply rooted in our culture and tradition. And not to forget that we have a lot of history about coffee. It started in this part of the world and then spread around, uh, you know, in the rest of the world as well. So it stayed here for so many years in this part of the world, then it, it went. So whenever, when, uh, when I started the museum project and uh, all the media start to cover the museum, so many of the reports mentioned that the coffee came back to its birth. 
Because it's interesting, we hear about um, the Silk Route, but actually there is the coffee route. So talk to us about that. Uh, exactly. I use this actually as a comparison between the silk and the coffee route. Coffee, uh, coffee route, yet it has uh, started, you know, in Ethiopia, the, but uh, it's a myth. There is no concrete story, but we know where, which part of the, uh, based on the varieties or the gene of the plants uh, being discovered from Ethiopia and Yemen. And uh, the African used to chew the green coffee. And the Yemenis are the first people who start to roast, grind and brew the coffee. So it traveled through Arabian Peninsula to Egypt and and then to uh, Turkey and the Ottoman Empire invaded Europe. They reached all the way to Vienna and they pulled back because of the cold weather. And the Viennese start to ask the Turks, what is this used for? So they explain, and because the coffee aroma was coming out, so they explain this is for roasting and uh, grinding and brewing coffee. And uh, so at the early stage, the Pope, he banned the coffee, okay, because it was coming from the Islamic countries. And, uh, you know, the, he thought it's a kind of a drug that will affect the people and so on. But after a certain time period, they started the coffee uh, houses over there and the woman used to get upset because the men used to spend more time in cafes rather than home and so this is from uh, you know uh, west side but from the east side baba budan he uh, took some coffee cherries and uh, he hide it either under with there's two stories one under his beard or under his belt and took it to india and uh, cultivated over there and started growing and then to, to Southeast Asia as well as spread around uh, the coffee. From the also the seaside that came, we found some recent discovery. Uh, all the books mentioned that the coffee from Yemen, it came to Persia. Uh, to Iran, but uh, it seems with, uh, with this uh, recent discovery in Ras al Khaimah, we find two coffee beans which goes back to the 12th century, which means it changed the root of the uh, root uh, course of the coffee as well. And uh, two coffee beans and uh, some pottery from China as well. So we're working closely with the uh, Ras al Khaimah authorities to you know, authenticate this information. Already it's written in the media and published in one book about it as well. So uh, it's uh, then the Dutch, they uh, took some uh, coffee plants from Yemen and then they took it to Martinique and then uh, Guantelope and then to uh, Latin America and then start to you know, grow coffee in that region as well. So it has a beautiful route uh, how the way and every part uh, going to a route that has so many stories behind it. Uh, for instance, the coffee wanted to reach to Egypt. Okay, so the, the people used to get together in cafe and talk about against the ruling country. So they banned the, all the cafes because it's like a social media for nowadays. <laughs> uh, back then the social media was the coffee gathering and the people in the one cafe as well. It brought people together, they started talking politics, politics yeah. and um, they were afraid of revolutions, weren't they? Exactly. Exactly, yes, yes. See how coffee is so powerful? It <laughs> so is. It is, yeah. And uh, of course, it is second strongest commodity after oil and the most uh, consumed drink after water. Talk to us about um, the traditions of Arabic coffee. Absolutely. Uh, back then, uh, the nomads or the Bedouins, uh, they, uh, they used to present uh, the presentation of the, uh, the Arabic coffee was in front of the tent. So uh, they used to light the fire over the charcoal and then prepare with the, you know, it depends how, if they have a lot of guests, they have more dallas over there, Arabian dallas. But uh, we have different names in uh, preparation the coffee. 
so it was presented like uh, which I'm going to explain uh, on the protocol serving the Arabic coffee so it was uh, first the one uh, concentrated and then you have the second one which for serving so they used to put a natural filter from the date tree to serve the customer so uh, in history it was presented in a way it's like a simple sign of welcome so uh, you know back then in history there is uh, so many fights between tribal fights and so on but when you present coffee that means I don't have any harm against you you are welcome to my home I'm gonna save you so uh, this uh, tradition has uh, you know uh, spread and uh, came from so many years uh, uh, from uh, ancestors and now you see it in our modern way of life as well in uh, all over whether it's uh, hotels in a lobby in hotel they serve you with Arabic coffee that means you are welcome in uh, airline lounges in government departments and uh, everywhere and the simple of the Arabian Dalla is very famous uh, all over the you know streets and uh, Gulf countries meaning the country that like to welcome guests from all over the world as well and uh, also the only currency in the world which has the Arabian Dalla is the UAE one dirham as well coming up what's the magic inside Arabic gahwa Khalid takes us through its fragrant spices and explains the special design of the iconic coffee pot that the Arabs use, the Della. That's next. Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Life Beats and my special tour of Sharjah Heritage Museum's coffee exhibition. My guide is none other than the exhibition's curator, Khalid Al-Mullah, who is also a great coffee connoisseur and expert on the subject and founder of the Dubai Coffee Museum. Through workshops and educational programs that are really for everyone, you're going to be introduced to coffee rituals that symbolize the generosity and hospitality of Emiratis and Gulf citizens. Visitors are also going to learn about components of the traditional Della and its significance in the region's culture, which has led to its inclusion on UNESCO's tangible cultural heritage list in 2015. Let's talk a little bit more. You mentioned the Della and the importance of it, um, but let's talk about the different designs, because actually I thought it was just looking you know really beautiful but actually this the designs of each one has a lot of significance so talk to us about that yeah so uh, the design of the uh, Della every uh, region uh, I, the design relates whether to a region or family who designed it so the common there is common areas which we know that uh, the design house with the way it's been developed uh, so we know it's Ethiopia and Yemen so they have the uh, Jabina or Jamina in Yemen so and then if you go a bit north towards Mecca they have even Dalla uh, Makkawiya the different design then you go to the Hijaziya and if you go to then Syria also where they are very famous of uh, making Al Raslan Dalla and you have Al Kuwaitiya, Al Bahriniya, Qatariya, Emiratiya and uh, Omani everyone has a simple design by looking at it you will know that uh, this uh, design belongs to this country or this region okay. yeah talk to us about the different design elements that will be different what what you look for to know where each one comes from is it is it um, the spout is it the handle okay a very good question 
If you will picture the between this uh, Della and uh, this uh, three uh, different types. So this is Kuwaitia, this is Iraqia, they call it Baghdadia, okay. And the, uh, the third one is uh, Raslan, which is, you have the common over uh, GCC countries, but it's manufactured from Syria, actually. So the, uh, the Kuwaitia is more, the spout is uh, longer. And then you see the waist, this one, is, it has more curve in it. The uh, Emirati, it has a very special uh, kind of curve, even the, uh, they call it the scorpion, the pin which is coming uh, out here for the Emirati, the first one over there. So everyone has a unique design in it, and uh, whether it's the cheeks or the waist or the spout, okay, so everyone has a unique design out of it. Or even the lid, I can see that the Iraqi one has more of a rounded lid. Exactly. It is so interesting, it's something that I never noticed before, I just noticed that the shape, because it's made of brass usually, exactly. um, yes. and, and it's quite elongated, it has that hourglass shape, and, and they're kind of the common elements, aren't they? Exactly, so uh, it's every part from it, okay, you will know that whether it's the lid or whether it's the waist or the spout or even the handle, uh, we know that uh, this uh, belongs to that. Uh, you see in the Raslan Dalla, there is a signature in it. So this one, you know this person who manuf uh, manufactured this uh, signature. So it's some of them, when, when you find the signature, means a very unique piece as well. Yeah. So are these collectibles then? I'm a collector, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's uh, not easy to find uh, some uh, unique pieces here. And uh, there's a lot of people doesn't like to let go. Uh, so it's uh, very hard to get these collection as well, yeah. It's, it's something that stays in the family. It's something very special. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I mean, not even here in this part of the world, even in Europe, when I start to collect most of the coffee antique items, these items has been held for three generations. Uh, they put it in a, you know, as a showcase in their cafe. And when you come ask them for a price, they give you a crazy number. <laughs> they are incredibly beautiful pieces. But talk to us about the kind of coffee that is in, particularly uh, coffee from the Gulf, you know, that we drink here in the UAE. It's very light and very fragrant, very special type of coffee. Talk to us about that. Yes, uh, uh, good question. Uh, we have varieties of uh, roast profiles and brewing methods. So you have two main types of uh, brewing methods. Uh, you have the light uh, roast, or they call it the blonde roast, uh, Saudi, and uh, or the cinnamon roast, which is the color of cinnamon, which is the Emirati and uh, Omani, almost the same they do. Even in Bahrain, I've seen brewing like Emirati is half, half Saudi as well. And the Saudi uh, coffee, you don't taste coffee over there. You, the dominant taste is cardamom and clove. But the first indication of the coffee taste is the cinnamon roast, which is our Emirati coffee. You taste coffee over there. And, uh, you know, coffee is something unique. Everyone has his own taste profile in it. So, uh, like even brothers, they don't get along. So you say a uh, little bit of uh, saffron, a little bit of uh, cardamom, a little bit of rose water. Or, so they have, you know, a small dose of different ingredients as per personal preference uh, to be, uh, you know, to be served. But when you have normally when you have a special guest uh, to uh, serve uh, the Arabic coffee, the gahwa, you uh, you need to put saffron in it. So it's a sign of respect that you are putting something. Uh, expensive commodity inside the Della as well, yeah. So normally they infused uh, the Della with the uh, rose water and uh, cardamom and uh, saffron 
and then they pour the uh, coffee, uh, the gahwa inside the dalla and mm. serve it to the guest. Yeah. And so how, how long do you let that kind of brew and infuse? How long does that take? The brewing uh, period of time, uh, it takes normally 10 minutes. Uh, so you get a high TDS. We use it in our specialty world, which is total dissolved solids, uh, which high in caffeine. Uh, even though that we d drink a small dose of it, it's not like a mug of uh, black coffee. Yeah, but uh, if you drink, you will have really, your body starts heating and you will feel the caffeine kick in, <laughs> in the body as well. Is that but why we have such tiny cups to drink it in? <laughs> Uh, part of it, yes, <laughs> it's, but uh, uh, of course it's a cultural thing, but uh, there is uh, certain brewing methods in uh, coffee that, you know, it has uh, high caffeine in it as well. So it depends on the, uh, someone's tolerance and uh, how much he can consume with coffee as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, th talk to us about the, the cups. This is, you know, another thing that is very, um, it, it's a signature of the way that Arabic coffee is drunk. It's always drunk in tiny little coffee cups. So talk to us about why that is. So the, the cups, it has a certain design in every as well, like the Dalla, even the cups as well. Back then uh, in history, the, uh, I mean, the cup sizes used to be much bigger than the current one as well. But uh, always we say the history go, uh, you know, always uh, bringing back the history. You see, even in modern days, people are uh, liking to use the vintage cups as well. So the design, it reflects also as a region, the Ethiopians also, very common uh, they have unique uh, design cups colorful and uh, we of course in the Gulf region we have a simple of the cups with different design on it mm. sometimes you see the dates or the camel and so on serving yeah very beautiful uh, how did they grind the coffee in, in the olden days olden days they, they we use uh, something called uh, in our language minhas okay which is uh, you know uh, they grind coffee they uh, normally they use this uh, for uh, different kind of seeds as well as coffee and uh, you have a raha which is uh, made from a stone and uh, i have vintage books uh, published from the 17th century in my museum even when i saw uh, one of the books uh, putting a design of roasting and grinding mechanism which used till modern days it's uh, really incredible how you see the evolution of all these uh, grinders you, uh, you know made from stone and so on now has been developed uh, throughout the years but back then they used to use this stone uh, mainly and then minhas uh, which is motar they call it it has this, uh, different names uh, from uh, Saudi Arabia, they call it Niger, and uh, Egypt they call it uh, Hawan, and uh, we call it Minhas. So it has different names even. Uh, it's basically um, in English like a, a mortar and pestle, but uh, it's, um, it's the brass version of it, exactly. um, which we can see there. You know, we've got an artwork showing that with the, the hounds of Henna uh, grinding the coffee with that and painted this is painted with coffee as well it's so beautiful you can actually see the artworks that are there up in the exhibition by owen mills as well coming up it is time for our practical lesson where khadid shows me the protocols of arabic coffee and exactly how it's served and yes it is definitely time to drink up this is pulse 95 live beats with sally musa only on Pulse 95. It's Life Beats on Pulse 95, and I'm in conversation with Khalid Al Mullah. He is 
about to take me through the coffee tasting ceremony and protocols and it's amazing what you will learn here but uh, first I ask him about why it was important to put this exhibition together because part of it the Arabian Dalla is uh, it's a something cultural thing it's uh, deeply rooted in our culture and traditional and uh, I dedicated almost eight months of my time you know uh, collecting information and putting everything uh, talking about the Dalla uh, number one uh, the position of the Dalla in the society from history till modern days and then the design of the Dalla covering you know GC and the parts of the Della you have and uh, different parts of the Della and uh, not to forget uh, uh, the uh, Arabic coffee uh, Al-Gahwa was enlisted uh, under UNESCO in 2015 as an intangible heritage uh, drink and uh, more to come about uh, this information and I want to use this uh, information as a solid base for our you know B2B trade shows which we do it involving uh, uh, coffee and to play big role in educating uh, the uh, cultural part of the coffee and uh, it's very important to you know uh, go deep and dig in this information and uh, present it in uh, uh, trade show or into different galleries and uh, so on and what is coming also in uh, uh, December in Seattle Abu Dhabi uh, event uh, they uh, we are doing the first uh, Gahwa championship which is uh, supported by Abu Dhabi Culture and Tourism Authority as well mm-hmm. yeah and they putting a big cash price on it wow. <laughs> yeah and so Sharjah here is playing a big part as well in in keeping up the, you know this heritage and also bringing it to the world Absolutely, yes. Uh, so it was uh, really good, uh, very good support from the Sharjah Museum Authority. Without them, I wouldn't, uh, you know, uh, wouldn't spend so much time. They were pushing me, please spare some time, and I try to finish this gallery and bring and so on. So uh, to be honest, I wanted to do more than this, but uh, at least I got maybe 85% or 90 uh, of information which is uh, displayed here. And uh, hopefully in the coming months, uh, more information will be uh, collected and uh, we'll have a complete uh, gallery specifically talking about the uh, Gahwa, Al-Arabiya. Amazing. This is beautiful. Okay. So shall we pour some Gahwa? Of course. Yes. Yes. All right. I think it's time to to drink some Gahwa. Let's go do that. And you're going to show me exactly how it's done um, because, you know, there is a ceremony. There's a whole, you know, ceremony around drinking coffee. It's not just a quick thing that you do on the run. Yes, absolutely. We uh, have uh, put uh, like a set of rule uh, of uh, protocol or the etiquette of serving the Arabic coffee. So it has, uh, you know, uh, there is a certain procedure you have to follow, especially for the people who are sitting in the majlis and the person who is serving the Arabic coffee. This is the majlis. This is where in, in an Arabic household you would have this area. This is for the istiqbal for receiving the guests. Yes, absolutely. So uh, normally the presentation, which you see it in the middle of the majlis, the dalla, and it's a full uh, system here. You have basically uh, this, we call it for roasting coffee, minhas. Normally they put it in, uh, uh, sorry, mahmas. This one, mahmas. And uh, they roast the coffee inside that, and they grind into the minhas. And or the medak, the big uh, wooden, and uh, they brew it in a bigger pot, 
and they serve it uh, in a smaller pot. And the reason they do that, they put a natural filter from the date tree. What so is that? Is that just fibers the, from the date tree? Date tree, yeah. So uh, the grinded coffee doesn't come in your cup. So okay. it, uh, it's uh, this one is more concentrated for uh, making the Arabic coffee. Then you pour it inside here. You'll get uh, only a brewed coffee. All the grinded coffee stays in this dollar. And then because it's disrespect, the grinded coffee comes inside your cup. That's a reason. And uh, of course, uh, serving in a finjan and a protocol serving, which I'm going to explain later. And they use this to rinse the finjan, and this is for the date. It's a full process of uh, serving the Arabic coffee as well. Yeah. And uh, the protocol of serving Arabic coffee, basically, uh, the person who wants to serve the coffee, he have two choices. Either he start from the right side of the majlis, or to the most respected person sitting in the majlis, or sheikh maybe, or the big uh, grandfather of the family, or the godfather of the family, and so on. So uh, this uh, he have to choose if it's common people sitting up there. So he starts from the uh, right side. Normally, uh, the uh, person who's uh, serving the coffee, the Arabic gahwa, uh, uh, he holds the dalla in his uh, left hand, uh, left hand and uh, the finjan in his right hand. So uh, he pours, and first time, he have to pour a little bit of a small sip. He doesn't pour it to the half. If he pour it to the half, it's disrespect for the guest. And of course, the guest, he takes it with his right hand. He yes, takes a sip. Yeah. Swap the microphone, because I had to take it with my right hand. Yes, and oh. Smell that, it's so fragrant. It is so beautiful. You can smell the cardamom. Yeah. It is so welcoming and inviting and warm and beautiful. Absolutely, absolutely. So you enjoy the coffee, you have the sip, and and then uh, you give it back to me. And, and so, uh, All right. you want to have it? Here we go. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, okay. Mm. And obviously they serve the dates with the, which goes along with the Arabic coffee yeah. as well, yeah. It's just, it's perfect, just the sweetness yeah. Sweetness of the dates along with the, the gorgeous coffee, it just is the perfect pairing. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. yeah, so this is, uh, it's uh, always the, uh, the, the date tree with the Arabic coffee. It's a simple sign of hospitality, which been there even from so many years uh, in our history. Ethiopians, they have different types of uh, serving the coffee as well. I'm, it's a surprise they pop, pop popcorn next to the coffee as well. Really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was surprised that uh, even in Ethiopia, when I went for one of the trade shows, uh, I found out that still the Ethiopian population, 30%, from them, they put salt inside coffee. Yeah. That is so interesting. We're just like, everybody's got their different yes, ways. Different ways, yes, absolutely. For uh, the Turkish coffee, if it's a part of Turkey, they put the Turkish delight. Or, uh, you know, if it's uh, someone from Egypt or Syria or Lebanon, they put uh, the uh, baklava as yes. well. Yes, yeah. Coming up, we talk the stories that surround coffee in different cultures. Plus, I ask Khalid about the future of the industry. All of that and more is next. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse95. Welcome back to a special episode all about the world's favorite beverage, coffee. Now, as Ghad and I sit and sip our fragrant Arabic gahwa, we talk the future of the drink and the stories that surround it in different cultures. 
There's a whole lot more going on in that cup than meets the eye. So, uh, you know when I stopped uh, uh, serving you? Okay, so I have to shake the cup, don't I? Yes. For you to serve. Okay, yes. so it goes like this? Like this, you give it back. Okay. And uh, you know what the story for shaking the cup? So, back then, uh, when some people sitting in the midst, they have secrets. The, peop- the person who's serving the Arabic coffee was uh, death. So he, uh, he doesn't listen what they are saying, okay? So basically, for a deaf person, you only have to shake for him. Okay, I had no idea that that was the reason. That's, reason. That's incredible, okay. That, that is amazing. So, okay, but I'm just, I'm loving the coffee. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask for a little tiny bit more, if that's okay. Uh, you want to hear the Syrian or the Turkish story of uh, coffee? So when a man wants to propose to a woman, he goes and sits. Among <laughs> Gabby's laughing. <laughs> so he goes and sits among the family. So she gets up and prepares a Turkish coffee. So if she prepares the uh, coffee with full cream on top, that means she's a perfect housewife. So that's acceptance from the man's side. But if she doesn't want him, she puts salt inside coffee. Okay, and uh, if he drinks it. Uh, without showing any weird face or embarrassing her in front of her family, that means he's going to tolerate her. So that's acceptance from them. <laughs> is this a thing? This is amazing. I had no idea. There's a whole other world going on in the coffee world in Syria. So imagine it, she prepares it with full cream on top, but at the same time she puts salt inside to test him whether he's going to tolerate her or no. So, no, I mean, there's many, many stories about coffee, even with the Arabic coffee, if I explain, yeah, yeah. there were, um, for instance, uh, you know, a war between two tribes for 10 years, and uh, suddenly they decided, okay, let's meet uh, uh, together, and uh, the moment they served them uh, Arabic coffee, or the gahwa, that was peace ever since, that means, uh, you are welcome, we have no harm, because it's totally disrespect of serving Arabic coffee and killing them, you know, it's uh, go, uh, going to war. So see how the position of the Arabic coffee is uh, uh, strong, yeah? That's, that's amazing. Is that here? In, did that happen here in the UAE? or in, 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 in the peninsula, in the Arabian Peninsula, this happened? That just tells you like how coffee is just the ultimate sign of respect. Yeah. To, to anybody and everybody. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And majlis and everywhere, I tell you. So, the, the, obviously, coffee still has a very strong position uh, in the Arab world. Yeah. But how has it evolved over so many years? So many hundreds of years? How it's been progressed, yeah. you mean? And, uh, yeah. over it It's, uh, you know, with the uh, growing of a specialty uh, coffee around the world, uh, I mean, what we do, we run education programs and trade shows and championships uh, for people, you know, to compete and then go globally. But uh, part of it, we don't, uh, you know, uh, forget about where we came from, our culture and our past and so on. Uh, This is one of the main reasons which I uh, did uh, the museum to show not only our cultures and many other cultures and presentation of the coffee and uh, uh, part and other part uh, to bring back 
or bring it uh, life back to you know to Puritan international standards and uh, I was extremely happy to see the first Gahwa championship supported by Abu Dhabi government and of course the government of Sharjah what they are doing with the you know, with exhibition. So all this, uh, you know, uh, bits and pieces of activities which is happening now and uh, in the country, it will bring back the culture in a much stronger uh, position. And uh, uh, this is only a pilot project, which you're gonna see uh, the position of the Gahwa or Arabian coffee and all of our uh, GCC market uh, with a lot of engagement from the uh, society, whether it's in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Bahrain, and other parts as well, Oman, yeah. And uh, in December, we are also uh, guest of honors going to Jazan in Saudi Arabia. So I'm part of the organized committee in the festival, coffee festival over there as well. So uh, we have a dedicated uh, corner for the Emirati section and vice versa, actually, the Saudis. Uh, I invited them in a Gulf host event and uh, they're going to be even in Seattle as well. So there is a huge, you know, uh, uh, cultural exchange between uh, the uh, these countries as well and uh, we position them in our b2b trade show you know when you put something traditional uh, corporate b2b trade shows uh, there's a shows really uh, you know unique position in this uh, show and they talk about it and the books which has been uh, published in uh, arabic uh, coffee also uh, bilingual so we show our uh, how important is our culture and coffee as well yeah, yeah. I want to ask you as well about uh, what you see the future of coffee being. I get this question a lot and when they see uh, how much we achieved, I'm just telling them I'm just warming up by the way <laughs> and you, you're going to see much more and uh, it's, uh, it's uh, yes, it is a cultural thing, it is economical you know, aspect, it plays big role in uh, many economies around the world uh, uh, so uh, it's a thing how you uh, can market this product you know around the world and uh, not to forget uh, we play big role uh, in education and supporting the farmers as well and, uh, part of it uh, we our industry uh, strongly relies on education so we teach you to what to drink from specialty coffee rather than commercial uh, grade. Then all as well, we have education models and uh, like uh, interaction to coffee, barista, brewing, uh, sensory and roasting and uh, with international certification. If you have these courses as well and we have uh, you know around 26 uh, ASTs and uh, almost 10 uh, certified training center. One of them is uh, DMCC coffee center and Jabal Ali, uh, which is the one of the biggest uh, training center in the Middle East as well. So it's a, like a platform for the industry. And uh, uh, it plays a big role of, uh, you know, building the platform and educating the masses, which change the mindset of the people and grow your industry and in, uh, to a different level. And uh, this is required from uh, engagement from key stakeholders in the coffee industry for the whole supply chain. Yeah. Uh, part and other part as well, uh, we uh, give uh, teaching the consumer how to support the farmers by buying fair trade coffee and uh, all or direct trade with the traceability information. So part of this sales goes back 
to the farmers as well. And this is the biggest, one of the biggest challenges we are facing in the coffee industry is number one is the women in coffee who are the farmers or the, even the children, the pickers as well working in the farms, their livelihoods, they cannot sustain their living because of their low income and so on. And the, one of the best sustainability practice in the world is FNC in Colombia which they, they did, they put like a percentage uh, premium price over the coffee prices, what exported, which uh, this uh, premium price goes back for sustainability program for their healthcare, education, uh, R&D, develop their uh, farms and so on. And uh, they've been talking in a couple of conferences, they like a role model of, uh, you know, uh, best uh, sustainability practice in the world as well. That was Khaled Al-Mullah, the founder of the Coffee Museum and national coordinator of the UAE chapter of the Specialty Coffee Association. He did actually say to me that the best coffee in the world right now can be found in Melbourne, Australia, and no doubt that is something that will make my friends from Melbourne even more smug than they already are about their coffee. And with good reason. We actually, we call them the coffee snobs. It's true. Yes, the coffee exhibition runs until the end of December 2019 at Sharjah Heritage Museum. It is absolutely stunning, so do not miss out. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.